Welcome to Quarter of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you live from, well, Patos Casa right now. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you right here on a wonderful Thursday, April 9th. Uh, some fun stuff to talk about. Certainly going to get into our bracket. We're down to the final four of the best LA Galaxy teams ever. We have a fun game to play. And of course, get out a super long show tonight, but certainly a show that's packed full of lots of wonderful things. Helping me out and joining me tonight is the always wonderful, always amazing Miss Sophie Nicolaus. Sophie, how's it going? It's it's uh, going pretty good considering the circumstances. How about you? Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, if we had to be quarantined, uh, then I'm, I'm glad that we're quarantined in houses that can stay connected right now. Uh, we had a wonderful, I should even say, Sophie, we should have had a wonderful Zoom call on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. Corner of the Galaxy set up a Zoom call. We said, if you want in, let us know and we will put you in there. We did that. Um, and and we had a we had a great time. I mean, outside of just a couple knuckleheads, which we expected, uh, Sophie, it was great. <laughs> It was fantastic. And um, I, I couldn't remember how many pages of people that showed up, but it was really cool to just connect, uh, have a chat, listen to some fans with some actually really good questions, Josh, which I'm sure you're going to bring up a little bit later as well. And even Larry on Twitter was there. That's right. Larry, yep. Larry can figure out Zoom. Uh, so so we're good. Uh, good for that. I, it was uh, I was sort of kicking it around. And, and obviously we had some friends of the show that were there. Uh, Sophie, you were there. Kevin was there. Larry was there. The only one missing was Eric from all of our co-hosts. So we had that all in one room, uh, about 30 to 40 people at one point, which was uh, which mm-hmm. was fun, a little chaotic and uh, and, and kind of interesting. Um, only one naked bum. So, I mean, for the most part, that was that was pretty good. Yes, I was trying to figure out which uh, area of the universe that naked bum came from, but uh, then decided against it. So uh, it was great. It was really good fun. And you did it on such short notice. And a lot of people kind of chimed in and got involved. And it's great. And and this one here is just for Larry, just for today, just for a, there you go, Larry, your little, <laughs> your little shot that you love. Yep, there you yep, go. That, yeah, all done. It, it's Yeah, it is. It's It's all good. Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, but it was fun. Uh, we're going to do another one of those for sure. I think Sophie, I think it was, it was worth it to do on short notice and we'll probably kind of keep it on short notice just because, um, it's difficult to gatekeep all the people who are trying to come in there. I think I spent most of the call gatekeeping and letting people in who I thought (laughs) we could let in and trying to keep out people who we thought we could, we could keep out, but it was great. And we had some great, uh, great talk. Um, I was also kicking around the idea of doing your own personal zoom chat with the corner of the galaxy hosts. If perhaps you made a donation to a certain charity, um, so we could do that. And then, mm. you know, the host could show up and you can invite your friends if you wanted to, and we could talk to you for a half an hour or however that is. So, um, lots of stuff going around around right now. Uh, I want to put uh, a little shout out. A-, a friend of the show, uh, made me a wonderful uh, corner oh, of the gal- or, or LA galaxy mask. Yeah, I know an LA galaxy mask. I know it, it kind of muffles the microphone. And if you're not uh, watching on the podcast, uh, you should. So uh, Terry, thank you very much for those. I appreciate it. Uh, they are people out there right now, Sophie, who are uh, selling uh, masks like that. They're doing them up for people, which is great. And I think they should. And as long as you're not charging a hundred million dollars for them, I'm, I'm perfectly for it um, and all that stuff. But I, I know you're doing something as well. Do you want to, do you want to plug, plug something here? Yeah, I would, I would love to. So, um, uh, 
a friend of mine approached me about an idea. Uh, he's he's actually a VP over at uh, Fiverr, and he's been working with this Im- amazing company at grassroots level, uh, and then created an organization called Frontline Now, which was basically incepted to be a connective tissue, if you like, between individuals and small businesses in the community right now who are looking to raise money uh, for in, you know for causes. But in particular, this one working with 3D Brooklyn, they've spearheaded this spearheaded this initiative where they're creating face shields made face shields for frontline workers made out of uh, 3D uh, print made from 3D printers. It's really quite amazing using new technology to be able to kind of help our frontline workers who may not have the resources that they need. So you can go to frontlinenow.com and check that out. Um, it's actually now being created to help other organizations down the line with other things and other causes. But right now, uh, the need in New York is still great and it's spreading out to other countries. Um, and we've been contacted by hospitals in Montreal, local delis, people that want to get involved. But it's all to do with these guys, um, 3D Brooklyn. Um, they're making about 200 a day. They're hoping to get to 400. They've made 1,500 so far. Uh, and really, it's quite an incredible uh, gesture that they've done. And so we're, all we're doing is trying to help support them and raise money. That, that, that's great. And and, uh, and where, do, where do people need to go one more time? Uh, Frontlinenow.com. You can uh, check it all out there. And there's a GoFundMe page for them and everything that we've um, helped set up. That is awesome. I love that. So uh, people helping people right now. And I'll have to say, one of the things about the Zoom thing that I was not expecting, Sophie, was just the interaction with people outside of my immediate family. Uh, it was nice. I know I get to talk to co-hosts on a, on a regular basis and, uh, you know, I get to have Skype calls with people and I do conference calls for work. But it was nice to relax and just sort of talk a little bit of soccer or talk really whatever anybody wanted to talk about. Um, you know, Larry asked a great question, which is, what do you miss most about, you know, going mm. to Galaxy games? And I don't know. Did you have an answer for that? I can't remember if you answered. I, I think I probably answered a little bit, too. But but we should we should replay that. Well, what did you what uh, do you miss the most about Galaxy games right now? I th- I think I actually said I I've, I miss just waiting, you know, waiting for, you know, after the game, we don't get to go home. We have to stay. We do the interviews. We work. And um, a lot of the guys also stay in the stadium, write up their pieces. So for me, I was just. I just miss kind of like the after moments where we're all waiting and we're sitting and we're chatting and, you know, there's banter going left, right and center. Kevin's usually giving me a hard time about Arsenal. He's usually showboating his Manchester City gear. Uh, right. Larry's doing his thing. Uh, you're trying to keep control of everything. So um, <laughs> and there's Delmi and Gab as well, who I miss seeing. But those moments are the ones that I really enjoy and um, and I miss a lot. Just being at the game with everyone that you see every single week. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It's different right now. And, and I know that's not a not a surprise for anybody who sort of uh, is paying attention to anything that's going on. Um, I said that, you know, I certainly I said that I miss Larry complaining about the national anthem. Uh, I miss Larry telling me he's going to get a soft pretzel. Um, I miss Larry telling me I, there's a lot of Larry things because Larry sits right next to me at, at games. So, um, you know, Larry's big thing about the national anthem is he goes, sing it how it was supposed to be sung. And I don't know, really know what that means, but it's something he, he sticks by and uh, I still love him for it, even if I want to kill him sometimes. Um, so that's fun, <laughs> but no, I miss interacting with people. I mean, you know, it's fun mm-hmm. to walk through the stadium and say hi to people that I've been saying mm-hmm. hi to since 2009. Um, yeah. you know, for me, that's when it really sort of all started 2008, 2009. So I miss that part of it um which is which is kind of i miss interacting with um with the players i mean that's a big part of what we Mm -hmm. do is interacting with the players and it's not just asking questions it's seeing their responses to things it's seeing how they act it's seeing how they carry themselves afterwards those are all important things that we're not getting right now 
Yeah, no, exactly. And I think I asked um, Kevin um, if he felt that our industry would change a little bit after all of this in that what would our access be like? Will we still still get to go into the locker room? Are things going to change on that front in terms of, you know, just human interaction and behavior aside from football? Um, so those are there's a lot of things that we don't know. And I think we just miss what was normal to us. And, you know, football is an outlet. It's an outlet to, to, to hang out with people and it makes us feel good and it's happy. And sometimes it makes us feel sad, but we love all of the emotions that it brings and to not have it. It feels like years now, doesn't it, since we've been to a game? It does, and it hasn't been that long. The, the fact that there's just a, a complete lack of any sport right now is also sort of uh, a, a gap that is opened in, in I think, the collective um, that we have. You know, it's the understanding that uh, we're all missing sports. I mean, it's how a, you know, NASCAR can draw over a million people for an e-NASCAR race, right? So they're playing on, you know, PlayStation 4s or computers or however they have it set up, but they're real drivers driving, which is something I said is different than what you can do with, uh, you know, Major League Soccer and having the guys play FIFA. It's just not the same the skills don't translate at all and so you know it's not it's not that thing but um you know it's like we're starving for stuff i know i know dana white was uh, was trying to get the mma to a, to a private island i think disney um and those guys and espn finally put a squash to that so so no private island for mr dana white um, nope. although the first part <laughs> although, although the first person who moves a whole bunch of uh of, of uh soccer teams to a private island and, and tries to play soccer games might have something there uh, well you might, heard might what they were going to do one of the ideas they were talking about in England was to go into these local parks or smaller kind of even school stadiums and stuff to finish the Premier League. And I was just thinking to myself, my goodness, could you imagine them playing on some local park? Someone gets injured and then the lawsuits that ensue from all of that. It's going to be a very complicated situation. They're saying Bundesliga is going to come back in May behind closed doors. Germany doesn't have as big of an issue, but I just can't see it happening here just yet. I think we're a little bit away from that. Yeah, it seems that way. Well, let's get a little bit to the uh, LA Galaxy and the season ticket member email that they put out. Uh, I'll read you the ticket email just in case you didn't get it. And if you're a season ticket member, you should have received this email. If you didn't, it's probably in your junk folder, so go find it. Um, but there's some interesting things that I think we have to discuss with this whenever we're looking at it. Um, and so that way you understand, you know, not only is this important for season ticket members because of the financial implications that it comes about, but it's also uh, how the galaxy and how the league are still sort of viewing things and whether or not we think that's realistic. And I think all, all along we've been saying it doesn't feel very realistic. So um, the, the email says the LA Galaxy are thinking of you and your family and those close to you during this difficult and unprecedented time. Given the circumstances, we want to provide you with some important information regarding your LA Galaxy season ticket membership. Uh, Major League Soccer remains committed to playing a full 2020 season. And we'll put a pin on pin in that and come back. Uh, therefore, all tickets for postponed games remain valid and will be reactivated when those games are rescheduled. In March, we automatically deferred your season ticket payment and spread that amount over the remaining installments to ease the financial burden that COVID-19 situation could present. In order to provide flexibility on payments towards your 2020 season ticket membership, we are now offering you the ability to adjust scheduled payments by similarly deferring your upcoming payment on April 15th. If you would prefer to postpone this payment and spread that amount over the remaining installments, please reach out to your service executive by April 10th to make that adjustment. Should you wish to move forward with your April 15th payment, as previously stated, no action is needed. Now, lots of stuff going on in that. Um, 
the biggest thing here is that uh, the first thing that pops out is that MLS remains committed to playing a full 34 game season in 2020. Um, I think that's totally unrealistic at this point, but I understand why, because they probably don't have a plan of how short or when anything's coming back yet. So it's kind of hard to say, well, we're not going to play 34 games, but we don't know how many games we are going to play. There's, you know, until you have a plan for that, Sophie, until you actually think you have a date of when you think you're going to return, that's realistic. You can't make that decision on whether or not there's going to be a season yet. I don't you get don't you get the feeling though what they're trying to do is keep it positive keep the fans on side right now which I completely understand especially from a PR perspective uh, giving out dates I don't think is good in any realm right now whether we're talking about the economy reopening or football starting to play I think I said it on our Zoom the other night was that we need to just get back to figuring life out before we figure football out. So putting a date on it, I'm not sure is the right thing to do. And then let me ask you this. Let's just say the season starts in September or August. Will the payments continue to defer month on month? Yeah, I mean, so so the idea here is right now is this is for the people who didn't pay a full amount for their season tickets. I'm going to talk about those people here in a second because I think all this stuff. Basically, the deferment is that you didn't have to pay, you know, in March. You didn't have to pay your monthly payment. So then they took that payment and they divided it out among the the remaining payments. And so technically, your monthly payment went up a little bit because it spread over a less amount of months, right? So if you decide that you want to defer this uh, this April payment as well, the same thing's going to happen. You won't get charged for April, but the two months that you have now deferred are just being filtered into the other ones. So it's still the full amount. And in fact, your monthly goes up um, because you're spreading the amount over a, a lesser number of, of months, basically. Um, so it, it puts people in, in sort of a, a, a difficult position to try to figure out what they want to do. Now, I, I'm sure the LA Galaxy, Sophie, are looking at this and saying, you know, a lot of people who had the disposable income for this might not have the disposable income for this again right now. Um, and so, you know, deferring the payment doesn't necessarily help them out, except in, in this particular case. And I think this makes sense. You can tell me if you think it makes sense to you, is that if you're worried about money right now, um, I would say keep deferring the payments any chance that they give you. Defer the payment, push it down, push it down, push it down. And the reason I say that is, one, I don't think they're going to play a full 34-game season this year. I mean, that's almost a given at this point. And they just haven't said it yet. Um, and that means that overall, there will be canceled games. And canceled games should mean a reduction in your overall payment, um, your overall price that you're going to pay for this season because you're getting less of what you you actually get. So if you defer it, you know, the guess is at least, you know, off the top of my head, the guess is that you're going to find that you're going to get less and less, um, you know, less and less games, which means less and less money that you have to pay. So keep deferring it and deferring it. And you'll probably see that that'll eventually um, start to whittle itself down. Um, the big question here, though, Sophie, is um, that we've seen in so many of these uh, of these situations is that these teams want that cash in hand and they want that cash in hand. So the, for the people who paid full amount. I would imagine that there will probably be a choice of a refund or to push it towards, you know, the next the next year, however this ends up happening. Um, so there's going to be a real interesting balance here between whether or not the Galaxy are going to want to keep that cash in hand or whether they're going to allow it to go back into people's pockets. And I can imagine also that cancellations like that. And there, there are going to be some people that might not be able to go back through just some mental, I mean, you know, there's a recovery process, I think, for all of us in this. And some people can bounce back from events like this better than others. You know, sporting events are going to be 
I mean, the fear factor of going now, I think for a lot of people is going to be hard. So if there's a surge in people asking for their money back too, how does that affect the club? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, this, it starts to really, I mean, you know, you saw it happen at Disneyland. I think we were talking about this on the zoom. You saw it happen at Disneyland, which is Disneyland was like, listen, we're still going to charge you for your membership because basically the deal is with the, all these and the season tickets are sort of the same is that you're purchasing something whole whenever you agree to a purchase payment, right? You're, you're saying, or a payment plan. You're saying that the total purchase price, Sophie, is $100. But what we're going to let you do is pay it over the next four months, $25 each, and that gets it to you. You own the whole thing because you're getting the whole thing at the time. You're technically getting the whole season without having paid for the whole season. You're just paying as you go along. So the argument has always been is, well, if you're getting a whole thing, um, then you know you, you still owe us the payments on it, even if it's not happening right now because we're going to eventually extend things. Or we're going to do stuff on the back end. It's 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 the cash up front. It's it gets to be a, a ridiculously tricky PR move for for everybody. The and I get where I get clubs have a problem here too. Obviously, because not only are they going to be looking at potential refunds, cancellations of season tickets, but they're also going to be missing out on game day money, right? Right. All of mm-hmm. the com- the commission, the the booze and the the food and and all of that. Ha- I haven't seen a, a league wide memo go out yet. Is this our? So the NBA is operating as a collective, right? The Premier League is trying to operate as a collective, although now individual teams have gone off and furloughed non playing staff, which is called caused the ruckus. Right. What is and I think someone just mentioned it, too, in the chat is what's MLS doing? Is this is this coming from them or is this coming from the club? Yeah, it feels like these are club individual statements right now. Um, You saw RSL, uh, I think, furloughed a whole bunch of their front office staff. Uh, I actually expect more of that throughout the league. So uh, everybody can sort of prepare for that if there's no and we've talked about it. I mean, Let's let's talk about it, Sophie. What money did the LA Galaxy have coming in right now? There's no games being played, so they don't have game day. They don't have parking, and parking a lot of that goes to the stadium and and stuff like that. But they don't have parking. Um, they have a reduced amount of jersey sales and memorabilia and all that stuff. Uh, I'm sure people are buying a couple things here and there online, but there's not a whole bunch of money that comes in. Um, so what do they have right now? All they have is money going out. And for uh, for some of these um, organizations to sporting events, the parking is actually privatized. It's owned owned by private company companies too. They just get like a percentage or a commission. So and parking, you know, on game day that they make a lot of money from that too. They, I don't know where the revenue stream is coming from right now. There, there is not coming from. Yeah, it's not coming from AEG because if you look at AEG, AEG is, you know, they own large concert venues. They own large event stadiums, you know, O2 Arena. They own, uh, you know, Dignity Health Sports Park. They own the LA Galaxy. They own the LA Kings. They own Staples Center. None of that stuff is happening. So AEG is not making any money either. I mean, the hospitality travel sporting industry has been absolutely, completely destroyed right now. It is so frightening and so scary, and especially for a lot of us who make uh, a living from it too. And uh, I feel for the clubs, I I feel for the people, but someone like AEG, would they step in like a Manchester City type owner and make sure everyone gets paid, make sure, you know, things keep ticking along? Do you do you see them doing something like that? 
It's tough because, again, I, I understand they're, you know, a multi-billion dollar company. Um, I, I understand it. I, under, I know how that works. Um, usually multi-billion dollar companies are predicated uh, when you look at the airlines and you look at anything else by a large amount of cash flow. Uh, a lot of cash coming in, a lot of cash going out. All these things cost a lot of money and you make a lot of money, which is, you know, hey, that's that's great. And it's a good business model when there's cash to be flowed. There's no cash we- flowing right now. Okay, so, and then do we have debt to to on transfers? Is there debt? Um, I don't Is there know money owed on. I think it, it's they're they're not transparent with that. We don't know. Um, okay. You know, it certainly asks a question, and let's get to this question right now because I thought it was a good, good, a good sort of question, and it certainly is. Um, but um, Augusto wrote in to us, uh, and he said, uh, you know, I read on the Argentine media that the Galaxy is not paying for Pavone, and he is going back to Boca. Is this true? If so, does it happen this summer or later since FIFA might change the transfer dates? Ooh, I mean, there's <laughs> here's wow. the deal right now. If you're the LA Galaxy, you're already on the hook for, you know, however much money you're paying Chicharito. You're already on the hook for paying the staff as it is right now, all the all the players. And again, we just talked about money flowing and whether or not it comes in or not. Um, you know, are you, if you're the LA Galaxy... Are you going to go out there to Boca and pay them anywhere between 10 and 20 million dollars right now when there's one are, are the Galaxy even playing? I mean, is Major League Soccer even playing? How do you go about this certainty? Um, the the only other part about it, I would, I would say, and one, I don't know if that's true. Um, we haven't heard that. Um, I haven't been told that. Doesn't mean it's not true. Uh, the Argentine media says lots of things. Sometimes they're true and sometimes they're not true. Um, <laughs> It's just difficult to understand the situation. Now, here's here's a, the flip side of that. You could see this as an opportunity, Sophie, uh, if you're the LA Galaxy saying, well, we're hurting. I'm sure that Boca is hurting, too. So, hey, Boca, how about we give you $7 million and we call this good? You know, is there an ability for the LA Galaxy to even negotiate and see, um, you know, a strength in the weakness where everything is right now? Um, so, it, you would yeah, you know. would say you would say any kind of bartering and deal making right now is of the highest you know level of opportunity because no one's going to want to miss out on even seven million dollars. So if they can compromise on that, and that but there's an issue with let's just say the season doesn't get played at all. Yep. Is that yeah, I, was was March seventh the last time everyone saw Pavon play for LA Galaxy? It could be. It could be. I mean, technically, we've been told that, you know, they have until what, uh, June 30th, basically, to make this move and make it be done. Um, you know, could if you if you go out and, you know, uh, in the chat room, uh, Dre Sound, he says uh, he she I always say that and I need to be better. They say um, that, uh, you know, could they extend the loan another year? Maybe they could. Maybe we could be like, listen, Boca, we think we're still going to want to pay, pay for him. We didn't play soccer this year. You're not playing soccer right now. How about everybody just take a chill? Let's reset this. We'll do it again next year and we'll we'll decide about, I mean, you know, it's again, um, it's about that negotiating and it's about trying to figure out what that negotiation is, um, you know, and it, it's difficult to, to try to predict what is going to happen. Uh, there's been predictions already, Sophie, that the transfer market this summer is going to be a disaster um, with players not well first of all they thought they were going to be playing in the euros and so a lot of contracts were waiting um to see what would happen after that um and are you going to have a transfer window this summer if they're still playing in the summer i mean what are the dates fifa's going to have to push dates this this transfer season is going to be 
crazy. And if the Galaxy do, as Joe in the chat room rightfully points out, if the Galaxy do pull the trigger on Pavone, this is the time right now where you were going to make that assessment if if uh, Christian Pavone was going to be worth the $10 million or the $20 million. Are you going to pull that trigger now, having seen him basically in a limited number of games? Maybe, uh, let's see, did he have 11 games, I think, to finish last season? So you're talking about you've seen him in 13 games, Sophie. Is that enough to make a $20 million decision on? Well, they made the $20 million decision on him playing one season anyway, right? Uh, and obviously, and we've seen his talents from his playing days in Argentina. You bring up a really good point, but I think they've seen enough of him. Here's what I here's where I think the pickle lies now is I think everyone's going to be looking at financials and what they have been paying for players versus what they believe they should be paying after this crisis. Um, and I think that's going to go to is sports going to be the same? I actually right. think in Europe there'll be a, a model of similar to here in the U.S. eventually just to be able to stabilize the business so teams don't go under. Teams in lower leagues are already worried about going into receivership. So I think I think that every single penny is going to be looked at, and I think that we're going to see a huge difference in even DP money. I think we'll see it with um, – you know, across the board. I, I really do. I don't, I don't, I think a lot of the times we say we're humans, we just revert back to behavior. But I think this has been such a global crisis and meltdown in our society, our lives, that I just don't think it can go back to being exactly the way it was. I, I think, I think business is going to look at it a lot differently. And at the end of the day, the clubs are a business. They, they're supposed to be. And I don't think that they've necessarily been run as a business uh, across the world. I think, you know, as much as we as much as people pan the fact that, you know, MLS doesn't have pro rel, I'm certainly happy right now that there's no promotion or relegation to be able to throw into all this stuff. Because if you did, you see what's happening, you know, around the world saying these teams have to finish out the season, Sophie, and they have to finish it out because teams need to be relegated and teams need to be promoted. And all of that is worth massive amounts of money if that happens. And so simply saying, oh, we're going to pause. We're going to, you know what? There's no winner. Sorry, Liverpool. I know that you're clear by however many points you you are. You don't, you don't win, though. Um, and, they they and, can't win automatically. What they have to look at, I think, is pushing everything next. No, don't worry about this, the next season starting in August. And obviously they are because of the TV money, because all of the sponsorship money, everything that goes into it financially. But I think what they should be looking at is the following season. Finish this season. Let's do the right, right thing. I mean, even LeBron James was saying today, if there's no more NBA, it's going to be tough to kind of look back at that. And I mean, you know, people have worked hard. Uh, people need to be working. Like to, to imagine there'll be no NBA season, no NHL season, no MLS season. That's kind of it's kind of crazy. And what they should be looking at is finish now and then worry about next year later. Next year. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it is one of those. Hey, you know, I'm kind of the, the big reason this year I because MLS is only two games into all this stuff. Sophie, I'm a big sort of re if you can't play and you can't play safely and you can't play with, you know, having fans back in the stadium within a reasonable amount of time. I'm fine with some closed door games for a little while, but there has to be expectation that you're going to get people back in the stadium and things are going to happen. If you can't do it, strike it. OK, it's the 25th season for Major League Soccer. It was supposed to be this huge celebration. Strike it off and have next year be the 25th season for Major League Soccer because it's it's just simply not working. Um, it's not worth it to to try and keep pressing it. Uh, if you want to do something towards the end of this year, have a tournament of some sort with Major League Soccer teams. But it's not for an MLS Cup. 
It's just to keep players, you know, in shape and, and sort of motivated to come back next year and then do it right the next year. Um, even if that means no soccer this year, if it's the safest way to go, let's do it that way. Um, I have I have no problems with it. But it, when it comes back to the season ticket member, and I want to wrap it up because I want to move uh, move forward a little bit. Um, when it comes to the LA Galaxy season ticket member email, um, I would say that if you're worried about money right now, if you have an unemployment issue, if you have something like that, defer the payment. All right. And the reason I say that is, again, I know that means that your monthly payments technically go up, but defer any payment that they give you because the likelihood of this being a 34 game season to me is zero percent. The likelihood of this possibly being a canceled season altogether is probably in the 40 to 45 percent in my mind um, right now. Uh, And. If you do that, I think that you're going to be, you know, it's one of those things that you should be able to to sort of skate by. So I don't freak out about it. Defer any payment you can if you're worried about money. If you're not worried about money, if this is something that you're going to pay for, pay for it now. Because if if whatever you pay for should either come back as a refund for you uh, if they do cancel games or it's going to be applied to next season. That's usually what uh, the option is, right? Just like playoff tickets. They always do. Oh, buy playoff tickets and you you buy the playoff package that buys all the way through MLS Cup. Uh, and then when they don't make it, you get refunded, but you never get refunded. It just goes over towards next year's uh, season tickets. Again, cash in hand right. for, for all these clubs is a is a smart way to go. So uh, we'll we'll close up the the season ticket member email with that. And I love that it got into a whole bunch of much larger issues because all the stuff is affecting everything. Uh, cash, money, all those things, the health for the L.A. Galaxy relies on all of these things coming back together and, and how that does now. Uh, I think what we're going to do next is I asked you beforehand, Sophie, uh, I I said, look at the current LA Galaxy roster that you have, and then you're allowed to replace one player on the roster um, by bringing in another LA Galaxy player of old. All right. And when you bring in this LA Galaxy player of old, you get them at their best LA Galaxy season. You get the best (laughs) of this player. It's, you know, it's not like you can't get Zlatan and have Zlatan whenever he was, you know, scoring goals for whichever European team he was scoring. AC Milan the first time or so you don't get that Zlatan. You don't get Manchester United Zlatan before he got injured. But you do, if you brought Zlatan back, you would get Mr. however many goals in two seasons, you know, crazy numbers and ridiculous. If you wanted to bring Zlatan back to this team, um, you could plus. do that. So 50, 50 plus. plus. That's right. I can't. I, it's already been. It feels like it's been three years since he was with the LA Galaxy. Um, it hasn't been that long, but it certainly feels that way. Um, so you can add one former player, former LA Galaxy player to this current roster. I want to know who you would pick. This was really difficult. Because in my opinion, and I I don't want to, you know, upset anyone, but I almost feel barring one player, every player, I would, I would sub every player with a previous LA Galaxy player, but you only gave me one, right? Right. I gave you one. Yes. You have to make this team (laughs) better with your one. Well, goals aren't a problem, are they? They haven't been. Uh, we don't know about this season. They may have been if Chicharito was going to continue playing the way he was. Um, they weren't the previous two seasons. So as much as I would love, you know, an in his prime Landon or Robbie Keane, even when you look at the ratio of um, Carlos Ruiz, um, who played 70-something games and, and, the, and the goal ratios that he scored. So I'll leave that. I'm going to say I'm going to have to go for a, a goalkeeper or a defender. Um, so I have I have Donovan, Albright, Gonzalez, and Van Dam as my choices to throw in. Right, right. And I, right. I need to I, narrow narrow it down. 
Um, you do. You do. I, I also cheated, by the way, at one point. I said I, I was going to say at the end of this, uh, if you really ask me what I would do is I bring back an L.A. Galaxy defense of Sean Franklin, A.J. De La Garza, Omar Gonzalez and Todd Donovan. And being that was one like section, I was going to just play some back in the, in the back line and call it a good day. <laughs> Uh, for that. That's not my answer, but I was going to cheat just like you. So, so if you had to whittle it down, you have to give me one, give me, give me the one okay. person that you would bring. Well, I have Kevin Hartman in there too, of course. So I, w- I would say Omar Gonzalez. Really? There was, are you shocked? Yeah, I am. Uh, it's, it, but I have, I have a thing. I, I just, you know, uh, Omar's time with the LA galaxy and and my interactions with him were never like wonderful. So I didn't it's not like I'm super excited that he would be back on the team suddenly. All right. So for those reasons, I'll change my mind. Um, <laughs> I, I would say I would say, you know, everyone would um, wants to everyone wants to pick. Um, oh, am I having a um, I'm having a brain. I'm having a brain fart. I, Help I me. Toronto, Toronto FC coach. Uh, oh, I'll think. Yeah, Vaney. Okay, so Vaney. But I would, Todd Donovan was a pretty good servant for LA Galaxy. And I think left back position has always been tough. And so maybe I should go with my right back or left back choice, which which would be Chris Albright at right back or Todd Donovan at left back. So I'll go with um, Todd Donovan. I think that's a good choice. It's a it's a great show. Hey, you can never go wrong with Todd Donovan. I'm I'm a big proponent of that um, and putting him on defense. Okay, so I will go this. I think the defense right now, at least in two games, has been fine, which is hysterical because it's been horrible for two years. But in two games, it was fine. So I'm going to leave them alone. Um, okay. I thought about bringing back uh, Juninho, right? Prime Juninho. Uh, put him yeah, in the midfield. Sweet. Pair him with Jonathan Dos Santos. See what happens there. But whenever I really wanted to bring back Juninho, I also wanted to bring back Marcelo Sarvas. And you can't have a Sarvas without a Juninho. So I didn't pick that. I was like, no, that's not going to work. Um, I thought about bringing back Jaime Pinedo in goal because Jaime was great. I loved him. I thought about bringing Donovan Ricketts back in goal. Okay, Donovan. Oh, Donovan Ricketts. Well, I was, I, that's that's a huge. I, I thought about that. Obviously, you could go El Gato. And if you missed our interview with Kevin Hartman, you need to go watch it because it's 18 minutes of brilliance and not on my part because I didn't even shower. Okay, I I was like, <laughs> oh, it's a busy day. It's tough in quarantine time sometimes to squeeze in a shower. So Hartman was great. I was horrible, but Hartman championship always uh, is a great person to bring. You could bring in Robbie Keane with this team because certainly as a striker. You would think that with Pavone on one side and Katai on the other side and Robbie Keane's ability to break down defenses, but are you going to get the service that you normally got with Robbie Keane whenever he would combine with Landon Donovan tucking in on the inside? So that doesn't make sense to me either there. I thought about bringing Zlatan back to this team, but Zlatan back on this team would be the same as last year, and that didn't work, and so it's not really going to work. So it's just a long way of saying I would think about putting <laughs> almost anybody, same as you, um, thing. Yeah. But of course, I'm going to go obvious. It's Landon Donovan. You bring back prime Landon Donovan, you put him in the spot for Katai, and you let him and Pavone on opposite sides terrorize defenses with Chicharito knocking in the goals. I think that to me makes some sense. I wish I you'd know. have given us two choices because <laughs> right now we're not guaranteed Chicharito is going to score all those. Right. I, 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 I'm not saying he's not going to. I have I have faith in the guy. But from what I've seen in Europe over the last few years, I would say it's a it's a risk. It's a high risk signing. It's great for marketing. It's brilliant for the North American audience. Um, so I wish you'd have given us two because Katai definitely would be out for me. And I mean, what about Kobe? Where where does where would Kobe fit into all or any of this, right? 
I mean, so you, do, do you want to know what what I really believe in, in some of this stuff? And Kobe Jones is sort of an exception there. But whenever I go back and we're going to talk about it here because we have our bracket, we have our last four teams, but uh, we're, we can talk about it. Anytime you get anywhere pre 2000 for me, I start to like be like, OK, listen, I, I've seen those games. I saw how those games were played. It's tough for me <laughs> to sit there and sort of say, you know, hey, maybe maybe that would make would Kobe Jones make sense now. He does. So I think if you wanted to put him on there, but some of these guys, and if you go back to the earlier years, you could say that the level of play and the speed of play in 1996 or in 98 or in anything, things, if you're saying it's the same as 2014 or even, by the way, I think the 2014 team plays really slow. If you go back and watch them again, you're like, wow, that was really slow. And that was only six years ago. So like you look at all these things, I have, I have a recency bias that is just going to stick with me forever. Um, and that's just, I always think, you know, 2020 LA galaxy probably had a pretty good chance at beating a 2014 LA galaxy sometimes, which is people are like, no, no, that's impossible. I'm like the level of play has been risen, has rose so much, even in six years that I, I, I really believe. That. So you're so. saying the, the cup teams, the MLS cup teams in the 2000s smash the 90, the nineties squads. I mean, I didn't just say it the people voting said it as well. And let's let's okay. go to that now. We'll go to our bracket. Uh, our COG Madness bracket, the hammer has been keeping track of all of this wonderful thing, uh, wonderful things here. Uh, we have our final four um, and big surprise, 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 Sophie. Four MLS Cup champions remain in the final four. And we should point out the 2005 MLS Cup champions didn't make this list to wow. even start because of their points per game being so low. All we did was we took the points per game of every LA Galaxy team and we ranked them uh, basically 1 to, I think, uh, 16. I think that's what it was. Uh, 1 to 16. Um, and that's how you got it. And so if you look at the points per game in 2005, that team backed into it. We had Kevin Hartman on. He talked about it uh, the same as that. But we are down to our final four. Um, our highest remaining seed right now, and number two seed, is the 2011 MLS Cup winning team. Uh, if you head on down to uh, their opponents in this round, it is is the number six seed, the 2014 LA Galaxy, who were absolutely one of the best LA Galaxy teams ever. Uh, 2011 was absolutely one of the best LA Galaxy teams ever. That is a great matchup. I know everybody's going to sit here and say 2011 easily defeats 2014, Sophie. And I'm going to tell you, my recency bias tells me no chance 2014 Why? beats 2011. 24 the the 2014 what's the, LA Galaxy what's, the team, what's the magic ingredient for you for 2014 why i it just the the league progresses every year that's that's what it comes down to mm. for me. it's 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 when you look at it that 2011 team dominated the the thing about the 2011 team and mike mcgee pointed this out on twitter which i thought was hysterical uh the 2011 team was so good at just shutting everybody down um, there were no exciting games in 2011. The LA Galaxy would score one goal and it would be over. And it didn't matter if you scored the goal in the first minute or if you scored the goal in the 80th minute. The game was over. Thanks so much for showing up. Everybody was like, oh, the goal scored. You could get up in your car and go. It would be the 35th minute. And you're like, oh, one nothing. Cool. We can leave. That's fun. Like, cool. Good game, everybody. Thanks for showing up. Um, that would be the that would be the 20. And that's something that certainly the 2014 team did not have. So if you really truly believe the 2011 team is better than 2014, you can vote for it. But I'm mm, 
I'm I'm almost circling I'm almost circling 2014 in my mind, and I will vote in this. Um, I will do it uh, and and put it in there. The other matchup that we have uh, across the way is the number nine seed, the 2012 LA Galaxy, a team that everybody says sort of backed into the uh, championship. What it really was uh, started in July. Sophie started in July, uh, and then they just ran rampant through the league in 2012, and they ran over everybody. I think the 2012 team was as talented as that 2011 team. So if you think 2011 is as talented, then you're going to pick 2012 over 2002, uh, which is our number four seed down there, 2002 MLS Cup winners. And that is the oldest team that survived in this one um, as we look at it. So uh, MLS Cups matter, Sophie. That's what this uh, this wonderful chart has been telling us. Uh, MLS Cups matter a whole bunch. Uh, and if you didn't win an MLS Cup, then you don't get to be in the final four of LA Galaxy most greatest team. Do you, do you have a pick? What, like, how far back do you go in watching the LA Galaxy? LA Galaxy fans know where it's at. Sports is about yeah. winning. It's about yes. having those stars on that shirt. It's about the glory times, the glory days. It's that day out, the minute you get up to the minute you go to the game the excitement of it all. You're, you're right about that, about that 2011 team because they even won the final 1-0. <laughs> they were like, yeah. a bit like my old Arsenal, the song was always 1-0 to the Arsenal. Um, and they were just completely dominant. I I actually loved watching them play. That combination, that team, they had everything. They were just, I think teams feared them even before they stepped out on the pitch to play them. They had this sense of an inferiority complex um, with right. that 2011 team. And just the magic of that time, I don't know. For me, I would I would go all the way. In my, in my final, I'd have 2011 versus 2014 probably. Uh, but you can't because they're playing each other. So oh, they're you the would same. Have, yeah, so I'd have 2011 versus 2012. For sure. I, I I think that if if you're if you're keeping track at home, that wouldn't be a horrible bet. I'm just gonna make uh, a, a a you know a good argument for 2014. Charlie Davies was on a podcast not too recently. Uh, if you remember, Charlie Davies got absolutely stuffed by AJ De La Garza uh, in the uh, 2014 MLS Cup final. Um, and by the way, uh, we're being told in the chat room and uh, and everywhere else that uh, on Spectrum Sportsnet right now the 2014 MLS Cup is being played. Um, no, so it's it. Yeah, yeah, apparently it is. They're 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 reshowing that one. So it's a great that's a great final. Uh if you put aside Omar Gonzalez falling asleep going into the corner and allowing New England to tie that game up. Uh and I've told the story many times. Dave Sarakin said that they never doubted that they were gonna win that game until that goal happened and all of a sudden it threw a wrench into everything that they had planned. Um, so it was a real sort of gut check. And that one obviously goes into extra time where uh, Robbie Keane scores, um, which as it should, the world was correct. Once again, all was right in the world. That's what you need. If you want to, if you want to call, uh, uh, cure all this pandemic, Sophie, you just need Robbie Keane scoring for the LA galaxy. That's what it that does. It sets the really, world. Right. It's that was a great final. That was a really good final against the new England revolution that, that you're, you're right about that. It got it's really hard, but that was a great final. Um, yep. and that had everything because it did go into extra time, and um, you know, Landon walking off into the sunset with the cup under his arm. I mean, it was like, you know, pipe dreams. So it it, it was it was a lot of things. And by the way, to finish that, Charlie Davies said that the 2014 LA Galaxy was one of the most dominant and difficult teams to play that he has ever played. Um, so if you take that for what it is, uh, that's one of those uh, one of those things. By the way, Philip rightfully calls me out um, in the chat room. He says Josh is going to say that the 2017 LA Galaxy smashes the 90s Galaxy teams. Uh, I'm not sure the 2017 Galaxy could smash a like button on YouTube. Um, so <laughs> we'll, 
I, I, I'm not sure. I, that one I might not agree to. Okay, the '90s, the '96 LA Galaxy could probably beat the 2017 LA Galaxy. Uh, so that was a that's, bad. Uh, yeah, that was a bad. Uh, yeah, year. it was. It was. But yeah. uh, make sure you get out and vote. Uh, the article will be up on Friday. Eric made sure that he had it. It's ready for review. I just uh, published it. So sometime Friday morning, we'll go ahead and publish it. Vote on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Again, you're, you got the final four here. You have the semifinal matchup. And then we go to the final matchup. And whoever it is, what we said, Sophie, was that whoever wins this, whichever team wins, um, says that uh, we will go ahead and uh, get a player from that team on the uh, on the show in order to tell them that they have been voted by Corner of the Galaxy as the best LA Galaxy team ever by the fans. So uh, that's what we'll do. So uh, we'll we'll go ahead and do it. By the way, uh, Eric over on his uh, his account, Sophie, um, he yeah. had Ezra Hendrickson. Uh, Ezra was actually commenting. He says this is really hard to vote on because I was on like you know three or four of those teams, right? And Eric goes, "That's a good problem <laughs> to have." So. So uh, Ezra, Ezra was in the house. It was kind of funny. So uh, lots of fun stuff to take a look at. So that's sort of where we sit with the LA Galaxy uh, right now. I want to get you a couple questions before we get on out of this. Uh, Kirk on Facebook says, uh, did you uh, discuss our salary cap situation recently? And how much do you estimate we have to reinforce the squad? Um, I will answer this to best of my knowledge. The first one is nobody knows. Um, but this, but the better answer is that because of the players that it looked like the LA Galaxy were chasing, we're fairly certain they can make a 1.2 to 1.3, um, maybe all the way up to $1.5 million buy still. So there's still enough room either in, you know, targeted allocation money that sort of got converted uh, into general allocation money in, in general allocation money to make that signing. Um, so we still feel that that's probably a possibility. And that the LA Galaxy were still looking at making, um, you know, a move all the way up until the uh, the transfer window closes. And I believe the transfer window, which is still open in Major League Soccer until May 5th. All right. May 5th is whenever uh, the transfer window still closes unless MLS extends that for whatever reason. I don't know that any teams are going to be making any deals, though. Uh, so that window may close very quietly here, Sophie. But that's uh, at least uh, where we sit. But the, the Galaxy did look like they were still in the mood to make an acquisition. Uh, before the league was uh, was put on halt. It's really an insane... I, I just can't fathom what they're having to deal with and the decisions they're having to make and the things they're having to do in order to just figure it out, you know? And I think it's going to take some time and some patience. Um, but again, what's more important, right? I think that's the other thing some fans may just not... A lot of fans do care about this, but I think a lot of fans also don't care about this right now. Um, so, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I just miss you talking about Tam and Jam and 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 Ham and, you know. The good old days. All that the good, good old stuff. Days. Yeah, the good old days. Yeah, yeah. But for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit different. We've certainly had to shift how we talk about things right now. And that's, uh, that's always interesting. Um, let's go to, uh, Enrique. He writes, um, what could this condensed schedule look like? Are games fast and furious? Do rosters get expanded to accommodate? Does Lee is leagues cup still a go? <laughs> leagues cup is never being played again. Um, no, it probably <laughs> will be just not this year. Uh, leagues cup is out. Us open cup is out. Uh, I would believe the CONCACAF champions league to a certain extent might even, you know, fall to the wayside this year just because of the, the way things are going. Uh, they may expand some rosters, but I mean, you already have 30 players at the same time. I think you probably have enough players uh, to make this happen. And yes, if they come back, they are going to it's going to be a condensed schedule. You're going to play weekdays. You're going to play weekends. You're going to do everything because they're going to try to play as many games as they possibly can play if they come back. So expect it to be jam full and then expect a little asterisk Sophie next to the MLS Cup of whoever wins on a shortened season. 
that too, that's going to be one that all opposing fans, whoever wins it, won't accept them as champions, let's face it. Um, so that's going to be a tricky one. And have players, I know that we talked a little bit on the Zoom about players training, and you can give everyone a little insight into that. But one of the things that's coming up in Europe now with all of this uh, sense of urgency to finish the season is players aren't, yes, are they working out at home? Of course they are, but they're not match fit. They're not... They're not lean fit, are they? They're not. Their endurance levels are, are pretty good regardless. But you, you're then talking about not being match fit, throwing them into games, playing games in a very aggressive manner. Injuries come up. And again, this is where I think players are being used a little bit like commodities more so than ever here. And that right. their health also has to kind of come into this. Um, I just don't think we can throw them into games like that. I just don't think that's fair. Yeah, it's going to be again. If you have midweek games, and and uh, and Phil Philip rightfully says Josh hates midweek games. Um, I do. I, I think I think most games should be played on Saturday night because that's whenever the crowds are the best in, in Southern California, and that's whenever I enjoy going to the games the most is on those Saturday nights uh, games. But you know, if you're trying to squeeze, uh, listen. At this point, I'll take any soccer you can give me. Um, I'm all I'm all for it. So I'm not going to be picky. Play as many uh, games as you can. Do it safely, though. You're right, Sophie. You gotta. There's got has to be a buildup. There has to be you know three and a half mm-hmm. to four weeks of time before you're even ready to start. So you have to get training, and then what happens with the training, and then how many games? You can't just be like, okay, everybody train, and then you're gonna play Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, and Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, and Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, and you're gonna keep playing, playing, playing until uh, you know for the next four months, you're gonna break people. Um, yeah. which is which is interesting. I like it also uh, they're talking about, you know, Sporting Kansas City is technically leading the Supporter Shield right now. So if the season ends, Supporter <laughs> Shield champions. Uh, six points. Good job. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, one more question here. Um, one from, from David, which is just sort of funny. And somehow uh, the hammer always gets this on a show, even whenever he's not on the show. Uh, David asks, uh, if I'm ever going to make a, uh, a Cosmo SC debut, this is the, the teams that they're putting together on FIFA that's full of Galaxy fans. So there's a Galaxy fan in every position and they're playing other uh, other ones. And so, yes, I will. Eventually, I'll be on there. Uh, I think we're supposed to challenge the the Riot Squad cast in a, in a game soon. So uh, Eric oh, is going to pick teams nice. and I'm going to show up. Yeah, and I'll be there. So but, however that goes. Um, and then the the final one was Michael. He says, uh, will the Galaxy consider bringing back Alison Drini? Is he still a free agent? I'm sure he will help. Will Galaxy consider bringing back another star this fall? I mean, you know, if there's soccer, I imagine. If there's no soccer, I think it's going to be hard to have a transfer market. Uh, with Alison Drini, I just, again, I feel like the ship has sailed, Sophie. I I, I like I the guy. I like to see him. I was on. I said, let's do a whip round and get him back. Let's all chime in. Let's put a little pot together of money just to have him around. Oh, that's right. Bless. That's right. No, I mean, there's something. There, there's always something to that. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Again, I know people love Alison Drini. It was always a question about how how much you could trust him to be healthy throughout the year, and that's really the most important thing. And how you couldn't invest a whole bunch of money and guess that he would be healthy because if you were wrong, then he would sit on the bench like you did last year and that's not what you can have so um and we want what's best for him we all want what's best for him such a good guy hey hey, what's best for him is in an la galaxy kit and that he's living in la and he eventually becomes an la galaxy coach if that's what's best for him i think everybody would be perfectly happy with having that happen which is funny because we always talk about you know unsung heroes or guys who just sort of transcend 
um, the ability to connect with people. We talk about what the LA Galaxy, like guys like AJ De La Garza, right? Um, or you talk mm-hmm. about even Alan Gordon having gone away to a rival and then comes back and yet people still love him. Like it's just, you know, AJ De La Garza doesn't matter what, cool, what kit he's ever wearing. He's always going to be, he could come back to the LA Galaxy and everybody's like, oh, we're having a party. Like AJ, AJ's back, everything, everybody's <laughs> happy. Uh, Roman Alessandrini is kind of that way. Um, for whatever he did in a short amount of time with the LA Galaxy, he endeared himself to fans. Um, and everybody likes the guy. I mean, you know, I love yeah. talking he's to a that cult guy. Hero. He's a cult. He's a perfect example of a cult hero. It is. By the way, okay. before you go, yeah. you mentioned your football game. Um, just be careful because last time I did a crossbar challenge, I pulled my hamstring. <laughs> well, Literally. luckily, luckily, I would like to have to pull my thumb because, you know, it's on video games. That was that. It's like, you know, I oh, listen. Right. That's right. Because see, for a minute yeah. there, I'm thinking of you guys going out, playing a five aside. You're going to have a good time. And then oh, would- that's not where, how we live anymore. That's not how we live. That's not what we do anymore. We have to do it, you know, via electronics. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Again, I do. But you can still pull a time. hammy. <laughs> yeah, I can still pull a hammy trying to get off the couch. That's not a problem. Um, and, and see how that goes. But um, I, again, you know, it's it's been it's been it's been tough. I will tell you that coming up next week, at least tentatively scheduled, we have two excellent guests coming up next week. I'm very excited for both of them. So um, I, I guess everybody just sort of, you know, hang in there. I, I was on I was on text message a lot today. Uh, you can say what you want about national TV broadcasters and stuff like that. But there's a bunch of good people out there. And I got checked in on twice today just to see how I was doing from people who I have grown to know over the years. And it was great. And what that usually means is that I usually get those people to be like, OK, so you're going to come on the podcast then, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. I don't know if that's their way of getting on the podcast or I doubt that they're trying to angle on my podcast. But uh, we have two really good guests coming up and I will leave it at that and we'll sort of key you in on who they are uh, next week. But we had Hartman last time. Uh, Sophie, I'm just glad that we got to have you. Uh, in here, I know Eric is happy too because he got actually got a Thursday night off, so he's excited about that. Bless um, him, so. good for him. And I, a shout out to Alejandro in chat too. He was checking on me. I said he hadn't seen me in a while, but yes, I'm all good. Yeah, it's been a bit of a tough one for everyone, but you know we're getting through it. We're finding our way, right? Slowly. Plenty of beer in the fridge, right? Yeah, I was going to say plenty of beer in the fridge. Really, what else do you need? Toilet paper. You know, if you got toilet paper, that's good too. So, uh, if you don't have toilet paper, buy a bidet. That's those are my suggestions. I, I don't, you know, the Europeans figured this out a long time ago. So just you know, sort of follow follow some of their leads sometimes. Um, yes. But anyway, we hope we hope everybody is staying safe, and uh, hopefully, we can continue to provide you with a little bit of entertainment here and there. Uh, I know that Eric and I are dreading this upcoming week. The LA Galaxy have three games they were scheduled to play, which means that there will be three times Eric and I will simulate said games on FIFA and then give you our horrible commentary to them. Uh, we've been dreading it, and uh, I think this weekend we have to start doing it. So, yeah, that's where we're at. So look for, I can't believe I'm going to say this, it's out loud. Uh, we'll look for three simulated FIFA games coming up next week as the LA Galaxy play at Philadelphia. Um, let's see, I think it's at Minnesota, at Philadelphia, and at Toronto is the uh, is the road trip that they would have been on. And so we will simulate wow. those games for you. Yes, I know, good times. Wow, wow how the mighty have fallen, Sophie. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, Gosh. That's where we would have been right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we would have been right now, though, Sophie. If you think about it, the LA Galaxy were getting, we should be getting ready to go on a three game road trip, and they're not. So we will simulate that three game road trip on FIFA. Um, Why not? Who's better at FIFA, you or the uh, Hammer? 
Well, first of all, I would like to point out that we don't play in these FIFA games. We let the computer decide who wins. So don't get mad at us uh, if the Kelly Galaxy lose. So you don't even all actually right. play. So you're not even going to hurt no. your thumb, really. No, no. Now, if we're getting to actual FIFA gameplay, the hammer would kill me. In fact, most people would kill me. I'm very bad. I'm pretty sure there's a 12-year-old Japanese girl who can kick my butt on a <laughs> daily basis. I go online and like, there's like these little. I hear these little laughs coming over the. I, it's, I guarantee that's what it is. <laughs> um, I, I still, I, I know nothing about compute computer games really. I don't. Play, the last time I played a computer game was uh, James Bond on the Xbox, but I have the first. Maybe the second Xbox. I think I have the first Xbox still, actually. So, yeah. And Tiger Woods Golf, 20, 8, 20, 2006 or something. <laughs> I was going to say, it was back in the day. That was actually, just to go completely off the rails, Eric and I, the one game that we probably consistently play against each other is uh, is golf. Uh, so, yeah, the, we can't get any wider than that. I don't, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's uh, that's how it goes. All right, Sophie, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, we absolutely get out of here? No, no, no. Thanks for having me and uh, stay safe, everybody. God bless. And um, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to kind of being back soon and chatting with you again. And hopefully things will have progressed somewhat the next time we chat. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, Sophie, we want to uh, once again, thank you for uh, for hanging out with us and uh, and going uh, and, and going the extra mile. Uh, if you're looking for Sophie uh, on Twitter, you can get her at Soccer Diva. So please head on over there and get that as soon as you can. And if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and at Galaxy Podcast. All right. I think that about does it for us tonight. Uh, for Miss Sophie, the Canon Nicolau, I'm Josh Guessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.